This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 93, Intruder, of the In-Between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Im. And I'm Christina Im. All right. So if you've been waiting for the last couple of weeks... Which we for, know you have been. <laughs> ...for this episode, this is part two of the six relationship lessons that we learned from Marriage Story, or we've gleaned from the movie the marriage story. So if you haven't listened to episode 89, be sure to go back and listen to that because that's where we walk through the first three relationship lessons in depth. But let's just do a quick recap of the movie and of the first three relationship lessons before we get into the last three. So we'll preface this episode the same as we did last time is that this is a movie that you definitely want to watch because it really is a story about a husband and wife that are going through a divorce and the effects of that. I think it's really powerful, especially if you are maybe even thinking about getting a divorce or a separation. You know how sometimes you wish that you could jump and fast forward and be like, what would my life be like? What are some ramifications? This movie will really show you and it is an amicable divorce it's not really a really rotten crazy you know everyone's trying to hurt each other kind of divorce but it does show and give you some things to think about like oh i didn't realize how expensive it would be or i didn't realize how much it would hurt uh, my family and my friends or even uh my stability in my home so on and so forth uh once again it is a movie that you don't want to watch with your kids there um it is rated r for a couple of reasons there's some nudity and there's you know uh, some swearing and just be aware of that yeah so honestly i know we're talking about six relationship lessons from the marriage story but there's way more oh my than goodness. just six yeah but just as a quick recap we shared in episode 89 how the first lesson is that marriage is hard but divorce is harder. If you think your marriage is hard right now and you are considering divorce, I mean, just multiply the hardship in your marriage at the moment. I don't even know. I can't even give you a number how much to multiply it by, but the proceedings of divorce and afterward, the pain of that, not just only for you, but for your kids and for your family members. I mean, just the repercussions, the collateral damage is huge. Just even, I remember the, the episode where we interviewed Ron Deal and mm-hmm. we talked about blended families. I mean, just go back to that and, and you'll see that, hey, okay, are these issues that I'm dealing with at the moment, can they be overcome? And if they can, through counseling, through listening to each other, through uh, just practicing these six relationship lessons, then by all means, make the effort to save your marriage before so easily turning to divorce. Right. So the second lesson that we learned from the marriage story is listen even more than you talk. We uh, talked about Dr. John Gottman and um, his way of bids, how it's really a point of connection when we're talking to one another, when we're um, asking for clarification, these things that we're actually really trying to continue our connection. And so if we don't have those bids, if you miss those bids with your spouse or you turn away from them, it causes a disconnect 
connection. And really, uh, at one point, if this continues on, then you will just stop talking because mm-hmm. who likes to be not listened to? Yeah. Nobody. So, <laughs> yeah. So we need to turn towards our spouse. We need to acknowledge the bid rather than turning away or turning against them. So those are the first two relationship lessons. The third one is we need to learn how to resolve conflict. We can't walk away from it. We may think that that solves it because we don't need to talk about it anymore. And especially if you're two Enneagram threes like we are, <laughs> and we both go to nine in mm-hmm. unhealth, where that basically basically means we push it under the rug and we'd rather not deal with it for the fake peace that we might feel on the outside when really on the inside we're just seething with resentment resentment and anger and regrets and all that stuff. We, we, We can't do that. Don't commit a suicide. Ask the clarifying questions that you need to ask. Do not make assumptions. So before we go to lesson four, once again, if you haven't listened in full to episode 89 i know that was just a little bit of a recap but you're probably like whoa that was that's a lot of information what do you mean by suicide what do you mean by bids what do you mean just go back to episode 89 in between.org slash episode 89 or just download that on your podcasting app and be sure to go back and listen to that as well so let's go to the fourth relationship lesson from the marriage story what is it christina So the fourth lesson is protect your marriage from outside intruders. So especially when marriage is difficult, when it is tense, it can really be a lot easier to immerse ourselves in other areas of our lives that are easier or more rewarding or more comfortable, right? Hmm. So Dr. Henry Cloud, he's the author of Boundaries in Marriage. He says, when a marriage contains conflict or hurt, We tend to busy ourselves with other people and activities. Busyness is less painful than facing some seemingly unsolvable problem in love day after day. Yeah, wow. I love that because for us, we love to keep busy. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's part of being a three on the the Enneagram, right? But I see how in, in comparison to actually doing the hard work of resolving the problem, how busyness can be an easy scapegoat. Right. And sometimes it may be the busyness that is causing the issue, right? right. Because you're so involved in what you're doing because you're passionate about it or, you know, you have deadlines or so on and so forth. So Dr. Henry Cloud talks about how marriage requires several kinds of boundaries to even survive. Yeah. So do you mean boundaries like fences, boundaries against other people or keeping other people on the outside or boundaries in regards to in-laws? Is, is that is that the kind of boundaries that we're talking about here? Yes and no. Right? Boundaries are to state what is ours and what is not ours, but it's never um, a wall. We're not building mm. a wall to mm-hmm. keep people out because that's... That's not really a boundary that is avoidance. And we already talked about how resentment and how uh, that's not really solving the conflict, right? So we're always setting a boundary to clearly state what is ours and what is not ours. There's going to be times in marriage where we are sounding boundaries, and that's to protect our marriage from the outside world, But that also means that there's boundaries that we need to set on the inside too, Mm -hmm. right? There's the outside ones, but the inside ones on on what, what are the limits that I have on my desires and on my demands and 
on my needs and what I can actually accomplish and what I can actually do and and how can I put boundaries there so that I can be present to my spouse and to my children rather than letting busyness consume us. Completely. I love that uh, point that you're making, Daniel, because we need to have our own individual boundaries, which will really in return make healthy and help us have healthy marital boundaries. Yeah. So going back to your earlier point about boundaries with the outside world, right? We need to, we need to also on the inside, but also on the outside, we need to have those boundaries so that we can protect our marriage, right? Dr. Henry Cloud calls these outside intruders that we need to protect ourselves from. Right. So outside intruders, I know it sounds like thieves or something, right? But it really is anything that is trying to come into the marriage to divide the husband and the wife. So outside intruders could be things like work, kids, friends, in-laws, even outside hobbies, uh, even to the point of affairs. So most of these items, exception of the affair, aren't bad things in in and of themselves. Like our children are not bad. But when we allow them to come in between our love for our spouse, they can be destructive. Mm, Completely. There's a point in the movie where you can really tell that Charlie loves his job. He is a theater director, a theater owner, and uh, he, to the point where when his wife gets a job offer, he basically tells her, yeah, so whatever money you make, we can funnel back into the company. We can funnel back into the theater. And she is just absolutely devastated because she realizes or she interprets that as he loves his work or he loves his theater more than he loves and appreciates me. Yeah, and there's this scene in the movie that really brings this point home because it's their last show and um, you know, she's the the main actress and and he's the director and and they are all celebrating because it's their last show all together before she moves out to California and they take the subway home and are not saying a thing and they go home and relieve the babysitter and, and they're just not talking at all. And as you see later on in the movie, she's about to leave and all of that begins unfolding. Yet the only conversation that they have is him critiquing her work, yeah. even though, even though she's not going to be doing anything for him anymore and she's leaving to California and she's not going to be acting in this play again. He just gives her the director to employee (laughs) spiel Mm -hmm. and gives her some feedback. She, he, he doesn't even say anything positive. It's, it's just, here's the critique, nothing positive. And, and she takes it and she turns around the corner and just starts bawling. Right. You can tell that she is just a mess because she feels unappreciated and she feels he loves something more and something is more important than her. Yeah, work has been an outside intruder. God has designed both spouses to invest continually. That is over and over and over into their attachment to one another. And as couples, as husband and wife, we need to really work to keep our love secure and safe. So that's why we need to have those boundaries to keep out the outside intruders. Mm -hmm. Now, the fifth lesson that we can learn from the marriage story is just don't stop having sex. (laughs) Yeah, there's a point in the movie where they disclose that they have not had sex for over a year. Now, how do we get there? (laughs) That's a long time Mm -hmm. to not be physically intimate. So not having sex is never really the main issue. 
there is always something behind the underbelly of the whale of why do you not want to be physically intimate with your spouse? Yeah, husband and wives are wired differently when it comes to physical intimacy. Right, that's a really good point, Daniel. So many women, including myself, desire feeling emotional closeness, connectedness, just feeling loved and desired, beautiful before having sex. So sex is an outward expression of this emotional connectedness of feeling just beautiful and sexy and loved by my husband. Whereas on the flip side for guys, uh, many of us make the connection of having sex as a way to move toward the emotional closeness, connectedness, feeling loved, respected, and desired. So in a sense, for a woman, the closeness emotionally needs to be there first Mm -hmm. before they'll want to have sex. Whereas for guys, it's like, let's have sex so, so that we can, we can get there and be emotionally connected. Right. So that was a huge light bulb in our relationship when we learned the differences between um, our desires and our reasons and outcomes of physical intimacy. So that might be something that's new to you. I'm like, oh, that's why, you know, I can't just uh, jump into bed with my husband or I just don't feel like having sex or, you know, maybe as a husband understanding, oh, maybe that's why my wife doesn't just want to uh, you know, rip off all her clothes <laughs> what? and be there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what's really interesting about this is that actually both husband and wife need to understand this about themselves and about each other. Mm-hmm. So as a quick side note, if your spouse isn't listening to this podcast or hasn't listened to this episode yet, be sure to share it with them. Just hit the share button on your podcasting app or text them in between.org slash episode 91 so that they can hear this from us. It's it's a little bit less intrusive, I guess, to hear it from someone else <laughs> and then have the conversation about this. And this is why this matters. There are going to be moments for the guy where you're going to be like, hey, I need to emotionally connect with my wife before we have sex. I need to place myself in her shoes. I need to massage her. Or I need to listen to her. Or I need to give up sex and just be present for her. Mm-hmm. Not so that we can have sex later, but I just need to do that, even though I would rather just have sex first. There, there are moments where, guys, you just need to give that up and you need to place yourself in your spouse's shoes. Right. You're not taking the shortcut to intimacy. I guess as a woman would see it, you're taking the long journey to intimacy. And as wives and as women, uh, I think we can really serve our husbands by not always expecting our husbands to make that emotional connection because they really might just really just need that physical connection first and then to feel emotionally safe and connected to us to be able to have those, you know, deep heartfelt conversations. So I think this is a really good way that we can serve one another. But being in a heated discussion is not a time to talk about our expectations of sex. It is something that we need to both be calm about and that we both need to come to the table to be vulnerable about. Uh, so this would be a great date night question. This would be a great time when, you know, the kids are have gone to bed and be like, what do you what do you expect from sex? What do you want from sex? How can I serve you through sex or through being emotionally connected? What does it look like to serve you and to make you feel comfortable that would lead maybe to physical intimacy later. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, 
Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Yeah, and, and that, that word intimacy, right? I mean, intimacy is such an important part of a romantic relationship. And, and it's really, honestly, one of the first areas to suffer if your marriage is going through a difficult season. It's one of the first things where it just kind of goes to the wayside. And you can see how if it's pushed to the side, how it can stay to the side if both spouses aren't willing to serve the other in the way that they understand and, and, and know intimacy and, and desire intimacy. You're right, Daniel. It is one of the first areas to suffer. But also, sex can be, on the flip side, one of the quickest ways to connect and rekindle with your spouse. So author Dr. Joe Block says, I love what he says, of the many forms of couple intimacy, a smile across the room, a kiss, a touch, sex has the potential to be the most powerful, positive physical experience. Sex can result in emotional fulfillment, better communication, security, and reassurance. Hmm. That's so good. I also like this picture that Deborah Hirsch, she uh, is the author of Redeeming Sex, begins her book. She says, imagine if heaven was like one endless orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard it described like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like she was saying, um, perhaps that's when we feel closest to God, when we feel the utmost satisfaction humanly possible is when we have that orgasm and it only lasts for like a couple seconds or something but that's when we feel most connected to god she goes on to say that and propose that within both the desire and the pleasure of sex are found deeper human longings for eternal connection and ecstasy so in other words there is something deeply spiritual about sex Hmm. how fascinating to think about it like that Right. So maybe sex is not necessarily just the physical connection, it's the emotional, but it's also maybe a spiritual connection, right? In that way where we're wanting to have a deeper relationship with our spouse, but also a deeper relationship with God. Yeah. Hmm. So if you're not quite ready to go from no sex to jumping into bed, then perhaps you can ask your spouse what would make them feel beautiful or at peace or comfortable. So guys, maybe you can offer to massage your wife. Maybe you can play with her hair. Maybe you can cuddle in bed naked. Uh, Maybe you can talk about your day. There's an episode that we recorded earlier where we talk about the habit of 15 minutes. And we'll have that link in the show notes at inbetween.org slash episode 89. But perhaps it's just a matter of saying, hey, 15 minutes every day, I'm going to choose to invest in my marriage. Now you might be like... 15 minutes like is that what you would want to build your whole relationship off of yeah but but if right now you're at the no sex phase or you're at the no docking phase yeah 15 minutes can seem like an eternity Mm -hmm. but it's a place to start perhaps you can even stare in each other's eyes for five minutes without saying a word 
and just see the tension. Even if you hate each other right now and you're really angry at each other, just just try staring at each other for five minutes without saying anything and see what happens. See what thoughts come to your mind. See the journey that your heart goes along during those five minutes. It takes a lot of vulnerability to stare at someone in the eyes for five minutes. And it will be probably really awkward at first. And then I think you'll feel a whole gamut of emotions. But we hope that at the end of it, that you would walk away from that feeling seen, maybe seen for the first time in a long time. We don't promise that any of those things will fix your situation because really, like we said, if you're not being physically intimate with your spouse, there's a whole lot of things that are happening. Like if we can give you that image of an iceberg, that is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much going on underneath that. And so our last point really would go along with this would be go to counseling. Mm -hmm. Many times we think counseling is a last resort thing or, okay, I'll show up at a couple sessions of counseling when my marriage is at its breaking point or when your spouse is already completely checked out, but that is not the time. Obviously, if you're there, go to counseling, (laughs) but that's not ideally the first time you should be going to counseling. I love when we took that poll on Facebook, uh, we uh, asked, do you think that the marriage story that marriage could have been restored. One of our friends who is actually a marriage and family therapist responded and said it was so hard for her to watch this and not see them go through counseling. And, you know, maybe that was something that they did before that they didn't show in the movie, but coming from those assumptions of what we can only see, it was really hard for her to watch that because there were so many things that could have been worked on. There are so many tools of communication, like we were talking about bids and uh, we've talked previously about stonewalling and different ways that we can really respect and validate our spouse and be honest with them. But sometimes we just have a lot of junk that we have brought into the relationship, things that we've learned from our past that are unhealthy of ways to deal with conflict that need somebody to show us, to name it, to allow us a safe space to talk to one another. Blind spots are called blind spots for a reason. Mm -hmm. You can't see them. Like there's absolutely no way for you to see them about yourself. You need to have an external person, a third party point them out to you. Because honestly, if your marriage is at the point where it's you're having so much communication breakdown and you're not experiencing that intimacy, you don't want your your spouse to point point out your blind spots, right? (laughs) Because you're not even going to listen to them. But honestly, if you think about the six relationship lessons, the first one, being marriage is hard, divorce is harder. The second one being listen even more than you talk. The third one being learn to resolve conflict. The fourth one being protect your marriage from outside intruders. The fifth one being don't stop having sex, not stop having sex. (laughs) Don't stop having sex. And the sixth one being go to counseling. What you can summarize all this down with is communication, communication, communication. Whatever you're doing to stop the lines of communication or ways that maybe your busyness or your neglect or the hurriedness in your soul is preventing you from being present with your spouse, 
you need to address that. And counseling is going to help you with that. It is going to give you tools, especially if you're, you you heard the listening point last episode and, and it was like, oh, okay, well, I, I haven't really heard about that before. Well, these are great skills that can be learned. You're not born with them. Uh, it's, it's a skill. It's active mm-hmm. listening skills that you can learn that the only way you can get better at is if you practice. And the beautiful thing about counseling is the counselor is going to help you practice. It's gonna, They're going to help you uh, communicate and hear each other out and point out those blind spots. So honestly, communication, 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 keep those lines of communication open. And a lot of times just have sex with each other. <laughs> not, that, not that that's going to solve everything, but how do we be present with each other? How do we serve one another? Not, 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 not desiring to take, 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 but desiring to give. Mm-hmm. I love what Jesus said. I mean, he said he came not to be served, but to serve. So what would it look like if even in our marriages we say, okay, I'm going to come today. Uh, maybe not not even the whole day because that might be a huge step for you. In the next 15 minutes, <laughs> I'm going to seek in every opportunity I can with my spouse to serve rather than be served. I'm just going to mm-hmm. give. I'm just going to abundantly, completely just give to them without wanting to receive anything. Just imagine what would happen if that went from 15 minutes to 20 minutes to 25 to 30 minutes, day after day after day. Imagine what that would do to your marriage. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Yeah, we've talked in many episodes that Daniel and I have gone to counseling and it has really, really helped. Most recently, we did some Enneagram coaching and our Enneagram coach, Lauren Gray, she really helped us understand our motivations of why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. And that really, really opened our eyes and our hearts to looking at how we communicate with one another. Why are we trying to say this in a certain way? What are we doing to try to get our a spouse's attention, how are things that have happened before our childhood wounds and our past affecting our present marriage? How is our hearts turned uh, towards the future and our minds always focusing on the future affect our present and our past? There were so many great nuggets that we learned from Lauren by using the Enneagram. And so I think that's it. It's communication, like Daniel said, and it's also a posture of learning and a posture of serving our spouse. Yeah, so if you go to inbetween.org slash episode 91, you're going to find links to previous podcasts that we've done on a lot of the topics that we've talked about here. And and I remember on Facebook, this one comment that someone sent in when we did like a part one, part two mm-hmm. interview and, and, and they were like, oh, I can't wait till part two. I'm just going to go do this now. What can I learn? How can I keep on going right now? And and maybe you're listened all the way up to episode 91 and you're like, oh, I, what am I going to listen to before next week? Well, first of all, we would love, we would absolutely love it and be honored if you shared this episode with your friends, with your spouse, so-and-so, but really go to the show notes, 
go to the show notes because you're going to see reading, you're going to see links, you're going to see other ways that you can keep on learning and digging deeper into this episode and into all the other pieces of content that we've talked about thus far. All right. Well, next week, Christina, what are we going to be talking about? Well, next week on episode 94, we have the great privilege of interviewing Catherine and Jay Wolf about celebrating everything when you feel like celebrating nothing. All right. We'll catch you next time.
to episode 93.